0: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. A blessed Sunday to all of you who are joining us here face-to-face and or online. Today, we will continue on our journey through the book of Matthew. Last week, Reverend LJ walked us through the closing points of Jesus' sermon on the mouth. And, seguro some of you might be thinking, Pastor, we haven't talked about any parts of the Sermon of the Mount, and yet, closing na kaagad? Bakit ganun? Well, the reason for this is that we intentionally swap the schedule of these passages so that today's passage will coincide with our prayer and fasting week. Do you guys know that this coming week is prayer and fasting? Okay. There's some who don't. And yeah, that's announcement now. This week is our prayer and fasting week. And uh, hopefully, as we listen to today's message, we'll point our hearts to the right direction and point our motives so that we can practice this important spiritual discipline of praying and fasting in our lives. And so today, we shift gears to reverse for a few verses and listen to what our Lord has to say on how. Disciples ought to pray. So, I'll just use this. Okay. Now, as I mentioned two Sundays before, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is his most comprehensive teaching about discipleship. I told you guys that the goal of Jesus is not just to save people but to bring forth the kingdom of God. His invitation, therefore, is for people to become God's kingdom people, which are people who willingly submit their lives to the kingdom and to its king. Therefore, kingdom people are actually disciples of Jesus because the king of God's kingdom is who? Who is the king of God's kingdom? Jesus, our King Jesus, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes the lives of God's kingdom people on how blessed they are. That's why it started with a B beatitude. on how they are to be the salt and light of the world and how they are not exempted from the law, but instead they have to have a righteousness that is above the law. He also describes the spirituality and the priorities of God's kingdom people. And one of these practices is, of course, it includes prayer. You know, Jesus teaches prayer in contrast to the religious practices of his time. You know, during that time, the only examples that people have in practicing their spirituality are the religious leaders. You know, the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes, the the Sadducees, etc. But you know, the sad reality was... They were not good examples. They were not, because they only practiced their righteousness and spirituality to impress people. This was the underlying issue that Jesus is, dis- Jesus is trying to distinguish from his disciples. His disciples are to be the salt of the world, therefore their saltiness matters. It to be known. Their saltiness is actually their distinctiveness, their uniqueness. It points to them being distinct. In the extinca distinct. Kakaiba. It points to them being different from the rest of the world. Therefore, as God's kingdom people, as His disciples, they are not to pray like how the rest of the world prays. Instead, they are to pray the right way. They They are to pray the right way. And how can Jesus' disciples pray the right way? Jesus teaches them that they shouldn't pray to seek attention. Instead, they should pray to seek His kingdom. That's a big idea for today. Don't pray to seek attention. Instead, pray to seek His kingdom. Now, let us keep our Bibles open to Matthew chapter 6. Do you have your Bibles with you? Electronic man or paper form? Okay, I would encourage you to open it. Uh, to Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 to 15 I will not be flashing these verses above because I want you guys to look at your bibles no as we go through our passage for today and let us together learn how is it indeed we can pray the right way Are you guys ready can I see a thumbs up na Matthew chapter 6 okay good Now first the first we must understand that Jesus' teaching about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount is only actually a subtopic of a bigger topic. Subtopic lang siya. The main issue Jesus was teaching his disciples about, about was practicing one's righteousness before others, meaning showing off their righteousness or holiness just for other people to see. You know, we read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Then Jesus goes to talk about examples of these acts of righteousness that are being done for public display. First he pointed out charity, on how hypocrites in the synagogues who announces their acts of charity, kilala pakita, kilala announce, oh, yan, kami, ha, to the public. Why? In order to be praised by people. By the way, the Greek word used for hypocrite here is originally used to refer to actually, Greek actors. Greek actors who wore different masks to play various roles. They even changed their voice, their acting. You know, they are usually found in public theaters and stages to entertain the public. But here, Jesus ridiculously points out to actors who are in the synagogues. Because in sa synagogue. Actors should be. On the stage, on the theater, but here, there are actors in the synagogues, the place of worship and teaching. Who is he referring to? He's referring to the religious leaders of the people. Especially the Pharisees, who acts as if they are doing it out of love or righteousness, when in fact, they are in it for the applause and praise of the public. They just wanted the applause, yung palakpak. They're doing the right things for the wrong reasons or with the wrong motives. And the same goes for prayer. Again, Jesus talks about actors who loves praying aloud on the streets and on synagogues. Why? Because they want to be seen by others. By the way, by the way, no offense to real actors here who does it as a profession. Jesus is not against you or what you do. Instead, Jesus is against those who only act Righteously to fool people into thinking that they are righteous. These people pray only for people to see. Their prayer is directed at people when prayer is supposed to be directed at God. Therefore, Jesus teaches disciples not to follow their examples. Don't pray to seek man's attention. Instead, when they pray, they should. Privately, go in their and they should go privately in their rooms in secret rather than announcing it to others. Let me be clear once again that Jesus is not condemning public or communal prayer here. Public prayer is actually normal in the life of devout Jews. You know, at set times within the day, they would stop what they're doing and they pray. Jesus Himself prayed publicly. When he fed the 5,000, the Bible tells us that he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he prayed for his disciples as well in the upper room during the the Last Supper. So what is the problem? The problem here is that many people, especially the Pharisees, pray only for show. They pray to get the attention of the people. So that they will get their praise for their piety, with air quotes. And God knows when people do that. God knows when people do that. God sees through the heart of a person. Tayo, we cannot always tell whether someone is sincerely praying. natin alam na, diba We don't know. Sometimes we can tell, but most of the time we cannot. But here's the thing: God always knows. If we are sincerely praying, or are we praying just for show? Or kung natutulog lang talaga tayo, God knows. And Jesus warns about the worthlessness of praying for show. Jesus said, "People who does that have received their reward in full." Wow, my reward papalag kahit they are doing it for show. No. There's no reward. It does not mean that God will answer their prayer and be with, done with them, no. Jesus, what Jesus meant when he said that they have received their reward in full is that their reward is the praise of the people. The applause of the people is their reward. That is what they wanted. That is the only thing, and therefore, that is the only thing they will get. They will get nothing from God. And the same goes for fasting, for show. God will not hear from them, and they will get nothing from God, only the admiration of their audience. That is what Jesus meant, but by their reward in full. Brothers and sisters, if we only pray to seek people's attention, prayer loses its power, and prayer becomes a performance trap. Again, let me repeat. Praying in public or with a group of people in a prayer meeting or in your small group is not the issue here. In fact, it should be practiced to pray together as a family. The issue is praying only for show, to get people's attention. And how do we know if we are doing that? How can we know our prayer life has become a performance trap? You know, one of the red flags I can think of is when we pray more when we are with people, but we seldom pray when we are alone. You know, if the only time we pray is when we are with our small group or only during prayer meetings or only during worship, but we don't pray when we are alone in our private time, in our devotion, then there might be something wrong. Might. We might be Praying only to seek people's attention. If indeed we are, then we must repent. This comes as a warning, actually, especially for us pastors or church leaders like me who are often tasked to lead prayer in public. It's a reminder to, make sure, to, to remind us to make sure that our public prayer life matches our private prayer life. UECP, let us not pray only to seek man's attention. Prayer is powerful. It is rewarding according to Jesus because our God is the God who listens to the prayer of his people. But when we pray for a show, we are not really praying at all. We are only Acting. Acting entertaining people, trying to gain man's applause. And if we do that, then that is the only thing we get. That's the only reward we get. And let me tell you, man's applause are worthless. So let me challenge all of us, disciples of Christ, don't pray to seek man's attention. Aside from praying to grab man's attention, there's another thing Jesus teaches disciples not to do. And that is, We shouldn't pray to get God's attention. Don't pray to seek God's attention. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, wait, hindi ba when we pray, we are praying to God? That means when we pray, we are actually trying to get God's attention. We want Him to listen to our prayers, tamaba? So how can we say that Jesus is teaching disciples not to pray to get God's attention? That doesn't make sense. Well, let's listen to what Jesus told his disciples. Look at their Bibles in verse 7. Sabi niya don? Sabi Jesus said, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You know, if earlier in verse uh, 5 and 6, Jesus was teaching his disciples not to follow the examples of their religious leaders, now Jesus is teaching his disciples not to follow the examples of Gentiles. Gentiles meaning non Jews, meaning mostly pagan people who worship idols. You know what idols are? You guys know what idols are? Fake gods. That's what idols are. And how do pagan people pray to their idols? Jesus said they heap empty phrases. They pray with many words in repetition to share devotion to their gods para mapansin sila ng God nila. The perfect example to understand how pagans pray is by looking at the story of Elijah versus the prophets of Baal. I'm sure many of us are familiar with it. You know, in... Um, Second Kings okay, to prove once and for all to the people of Israel who is the one true God and who is the fake one the Lord either the Lord or Baal a challenge was agreed upon they said whose God can bring fire from heaven to come uh, to consume the offering and the altar is the one true God and Elijah gave the prophets of Baal the upper hand sabi niya mauna na kayo while the sun is up and the prophets of Baal shouted to Baal, they prayed, they limped around, di ko paano ginagawa, but you know, they're trying to get their, Baal's attention. But, ang Nothing. Elijah told them, lakasan pa, shout louder. Maybe your God is sleeping or in the toilet relieving himself. Yes, that's what Elijah told them. And the prophets of Baal cried aloud pa repeatedly until afternoon. They, In fact, they cut themselves trying to get Baal's attention. But at the end, nothing. No answer from Baal, no far from heaven. And now the sun is down. It's Elijah's turn. To prove he's not cheating, he told them, basain inyo pa yung altar three times. And then Elijah prayed a two-sentence prayer. He said, God, answer. Answer me so that the people will know you're the one true God. And then fire came down to consume the offering, which tells us that our Lord, the God of Israel, the God of our church, it's the one true God who listens to prayers and knows the needs of His people. That is what Jesus is trying to teach His disciples. They shouldn't pray the way pagans pray to their fake gods who have ears but do not hear. diba mga idols? They have ears, they have faces, they have hands, they have eyes, but they are useless. They have ears but do not hear. The one true God, our Heavenly Father, listens and knows what we need even before we pray anything. Look at verse 8. He says here, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God already knows what we need and what we will pray for even before we even pray. Pagans pray to their idols to get the attention of their gods, thinking that they can make their gods give them what they want. And sometimes, actually, sadly, tayo rin mga Christians like that, no? We do the same to our God. No, I don't mean we utter meaningless words like pagan do. But, you know, we do the same thing when we pray, expecting God to give us whatever we pray for. We do this when we only pray, when we only come to God in prayer when we need something. Ako walang problema, hindi pray Pero kung may problema ako, Lord, help me. When we expect God to answer yes to all our prayers. When we do this, aren't we just trying to get God's attention so that He can serve us? When we do this, aren't we just treating God like a genie in a bottle? When, that, when we rub Him the right way, we get our wish? You know, this is what pagans do. That is how pagans pray. Is this also how we pray to the one true God? Now, let me make something clear once again. Jesus is not against praying repeatedly or consistently for something. I know all of us have something we continually pray for. The health of our parents, the protection for our children. We continually pray for our loved ones who haven't accepted Jesus Christ in their lives. Every week, every day, we pray for it. That's no problem. In fact, we see Jesus himself prayed repeatedly while in the olive garden. In Mark 14, verse 39, it says there that, And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. I think that's in my PowerPoint. Is so, so, there's nothing wrong with earnestly asking God again and again for what we need. Instead, Jesus is prohibiting his disciples from mindless and mechanical repetition that only, to seek, that only seek to get God's attention and try to manipulate him to grant our desires. The bad news is, no, God cannot be manipulated to do our will. Let me repeat that. God can never be manipulated to do our will. So we should stop praying for the sake of getting, uh, getting God to give us whatever we want. We shouldn't pray like unbelievers do. Offering food to idols to get the favor of their gods. Burning incense so that the smoke will carry their prayers to their gods. Or doing good deeds to get to the good side of their idols to get good karma. No. The one true God can never be manipulated, nor can He be commanded to do our will. No amount of prayer, no amount of fasting can twist God's arm or tickle God's heart to give us what we want. Instead, we pray in earnest humility knowing that God already knows what we need and that God will give what is best for us and that God will accomplish His good and perfect will regardless of what we pray about. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we pray trusting that God knows, God hears, and God provides for His people's needs, not according to the greatness, to the length, to the beauty of our prayers, but instead according to his goodness and faithfulness. So brothers and sisters, stop praying to seek man's attention and stop praying to seek God's attention. You already have it as his children. For the psalmist proclaimed, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You don't have to wake God up. Also, another psalmist says, Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Our God is no idol who has ears but do not listen. Our God is the all-knowing, all-present God who knows the needs of His people, who hears them. And He's the all-powerful, all-benevolent God who takes good care of His people. That's enough. Knowing that our God is good, our God is powerful, He will never leave us nor forsake us. So, if we shouldn't pray to seek man's attention, and we don't need to pray to get God's attention, then what should we pray for? What should we pray for? How did Jesus model the prayer to His disciples, to God's kingdom people? Look at their Bibles. In Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, he says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now I know many of us are already very familiar with this prayer. We pray this together almost every Sunday in our worship. We just prayed it earlier together. It is the Lord's Prayer, Tamaba. Now I don't have time to uh, unpack. This prayer in detail may be next time when I get to preach verse 9 to 13 on its own. Or actually, you can listen to our Reverend Lazarus sermon. I shared with him some points this week, and I know that he is focusing on the Lord's prayer f- specifically. outline niya. When we pray, we need to relate to God. We need to refocus on God and to rely on God. So if you want to understand the prayer in detail, listen to our Amoy service available in YouTube later. But for me today, I, I just want to emphasize two things I observe about this prayer. The first thing is, I observe is that how short and concise it is. And this is in contrast to the grandiose prayer of the Pharisees, which they shout aloud for people to hear. And also, this also in contrast to the long mechanical prayers of pagans and Gentiles. You know, I remember when I was in third year high school, I was attending our student fellowship. And the program that afternoon was prayer and praise night. During that time, third year high school, I was already uh, a Christian for three years already. And so I'm used to praying and I'm used to praying with people. And there was a portion during that prayer and praise time when they called us to find a partner, boy-boy, girl-girl, and then pray together. So yung katabi ko was my batchmate and I prayed first. I prayed first. And after I prayed, nagulat ako. My friend told me, Wow, Brian, ang galing mo naman mag-pray. Sabi niya gano'n, ang mo naman mag-pray. Paano mo na tutunan And then he stern na eh, sabi, And then sabi niya, Di ko ata kaya mag-pray ng kagaya mo, sabi niya sa akin. And of course, I remember feeling a bit flattered. But I know, that was not a good thing. At pa ako, you know, yes, I prayed a beautiful prayer, but parang na-discouraged pa siya tuloy mag-pray. You know? But I remember telling him, you know, bro, just pray whatever is in your heart. Dinuman kailangan maganda and elaborate ang words ng prayer. Just tell God what you want, and our God listens. No prayer need not to be complicated. It can be simple, and that's enough. It does not depend on our words. It does not depend on the right words. It depends on our right relationship with God. It requires a right relationship, not the right words. Through Jesus. We are His children, and He is our Heavenly Father. And that is the right relationship. That is why prayer starts with our Father who is in heaven. It is anchored in that father-child relationship. You know, as children, we can approach God anytime as His children because He is our Father. He listens to us not because of our sweet and beautiful words, but because we are His we are His beloved children in Christ. So, mga kapatid, don't feel intimidated in prayer. You're not good in English? That is okay. God can understand any language. You're not good with words? That's okay. He understands you even if you don't understand what you're saying. He knows what you need better Then you know what you need. So, brothers and sisters, come to God in prayer. Simple prayer is enough. You don't need the right words, you just need the right relationship, and that is enough. And in Jesus Christ, we have that right relationship with God. If you don't know what to say, and yet your heart feels like you want to offer a prayer to God, but you don't know what to say, just pray the Lord's Prayer. Simple prayer is enough. Second thing I have observed and I want to emphasize about the Lord's Prayer is how similar it is to Matthew six verse thirty three. Matthew six thirty three is the closing verse of this chapter, which also serves as the summary verse of this portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew six thirty three, many of us have memorized this. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know, the first half of the Lord's Prayer is focused on the coming kingdom of God and the accomplishment of God's will here on earth. The second half is focused on all our most important needs bread, provision, forgiveness, holiness, protection from the enemy. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Brothers and sisters, when we pray, Don't pray to seek God's attention, either man or God's attention. Pray to seek His kingdom. Pray to seek the kingdom of God to manifest in your life. Meaning, pray for God to help you to live as His His kingdom people, to submit to His authority and His will in your life. That is what it means for His kingdom to come and His will be done in our lives. Simply, pray for your discipleship to Jesus. That God will empower you with His Spirit to follow Christ, to walk closely with Him in His Word, and to be transformed in His likeness. Let us seek God's kingdom to rule over our lives. This should be the focus of our prayer. And all the other things we need will be added to us. In humility, we ask God what we need most. We pray for the things we need. We pray for forgiveness, meaning the restoration of fellowship with God, which is severed every time we are, when we sin. We pray for the power to forgive others. We pray for God to help us walk in obedience, not falling into temptation and the attack of the enemy. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness And all these things will be added to you. This should be our mindset every time we pray. Not to seek man or God's attention, but to seek His kingdom to manifest in our lives. And you know what? The greatest thing is everything we actually need has already been given to us through Christ. In Christ... We do not just have the day, our daily bread, we have the bread of life. In Christ, we have forgiveness when he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. In Christ, we have the resurrected King who leads us against temptation. And reminder, Jesus won against the devil's temptation. We have someone to protect us from the evil one. Brothers and sisters, why do we have Prayer and Fasting Week here in UECP? Why do we do prayer and fasting? We don't do it to seek people's attention, nor to seek God's attention to answer our prayers. Why do we fast and pray? We fast and pray because we want to remind our, bo- our lives, ourselves, our bodies That man cannot does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pray and fast so that we might focus on seeking God's kingdom to manifest in our lives. It is to remind us that our greatest need is not food. It is to remind us that our greatest need is the presence of God in our lives. Our greatest need is Jesus. We fast and we pray to seek God's kingdom to manifest in our lives. Brothers and sisters, UECP, this is the desire of our leaders, of our pastoral team for our church. As we, pra- as we pray and fast together this week, let us pray to seek God's kingdom in our lives, in our church, in our country. In our world. And our Lord's promise is that all the things that we need will be added. They will follow. UECP, don't pray to seek attention, pray to seek His kingdom. Shall we spend this time in quiet prayer? Let us practice what we have learned. Let us pray silently. Let us ask God to bring His kingdom and His will into our lives. And in humble humility, let us ask Him to give us our daily bread, to, our restore, restore, to forgive our sins, to restore our fellowship with him, let's ask for the power to resist temptation and protection from the evil one. church pray with me our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. And all of God's people say, Amen and Amen.